1: Welcome to Signal Boost, this is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined by one of our favorite writers. Uh, Jamil Smith is now a senior correspondent for Vox, so new gig there, but he is joining us this morning to talk about uh, George Floyd Policing Act and all things related to this particular moment in, uh, including uh, some of the stuff that we watched last night. So Jamil Smith, thank you so much for being here today.
2: <laughs> thank you so much uh, <laughs> incredible intro music thank you <laughs> i know
1: it's like we, we're we, doing we, we, we've been playing oscars music yeah all morning
0: so there's a there's a point uh-huh. to it There's a theme it's not just randomly we play rocky although i suppose if no, we did I'm play rocky you got the beginning push-ups. of every show we could hype. Know, i'm good
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you ready are you ready for this interview are you ready for this interview
2: <laughs> so funny yes let me finish my push up. I, I don't Let's really have much I'll of a ready. follow-up <laughs> yeah, yeah. <That's laughs> Oh my so goodness. Uh, how I, are I you do. Both?
1: I I kind of want to ask you. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're it's a Monday. We're surviving. I stayed up late to watch the Oscars last night. I enjoyed it more than I was expecting, but uh, the 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 Chadwick Boseman lack of an ending is still bumming me out this morning, and I'm I'm sure you feel the same.
2: <laughs> I, I actually just read about it. I actually didn't watch the show, and I didn't
1: either. Don't feel bad. It's biggest, an incredible biggest letdown. Biggest letdown.
2: I mean, how do you do that? and you don't know who won the award. <laughs> like, what were you yeah. thinking? I, I don't, well, they clearly especially not Especially when they, they
1: must have known that Anthony Hopkins wasn't coming. Like, they had to have known there was at least a chance that that final award was going to go to a man who was not there, even if they were, like, sure that Chadwick Boseman was going to win. And if you were sure that a black man was going to win an Oscar, you you needed to rethink the decisions you were making That's based exactly on that assumption. That's exactly what I was thinking and the,
2: right. when I read it. I mean, how can you plan a show around the assumption that an African American actor, performer, director, anyone, is going to win an Oscar? (laughs) Granted, yes, Daniel Kaluuya deserves all all the laurels.
1: Oh, totally! Wonderful,
2: Chadwick's performance was phenomenal. Uh, I'm not saying that you know which should have won, but anyone who saw Anthony Hopkins in that film should have been prepared for a different ending. (laughs) Yeah. You yes. know, so I, I just that to me, you know, I, you have to, you can't assume one outcome or the other, and to plan an entire show around it, it it, it is it is incredible blunder. But at the same time, I mean, I'm very happy for folks like Trayvon Free, uh, Nicholas May. You know, yes, you know, two distant strangers. Um, I'm very happy for Daniel. I'm very happy for you know uh, Chloe Zhao and so many wonderful signs of. Hollywood inclusivity that, fortunately, larger Hollywood, as we've seen from that recent report, has yet to embrace.
0: I mean, we yes. when Daniel came on our show for Queen and Slim, he just like sort of casually said, yeah, I'm in Ohio right now, I'm shooting... Um, the Fred Hampton biopic, and I was like, "Wait, stop talking! What do you just said? You're sorry, you're playing, you're playing Fred Hampton? And I, wait, I was like, one, they're making a biopic about Fred Hampton. I had not read that yet, and two, you are going to play Fred Hampton? Tell me more. I was like, when he said it, I was like, he's gonna win an Oscar. Like in my brain, you know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. of the combination of him and that that story." Um, you know, I just was like, okay, that's going to be magic. And it was, right? I mean, it, but I also am still like, why were they both nominated for supporting actor when they were both starring in the movie? It's confusing to me. Um, and that it's name, yeah. it's about the character Daniel Kaluuya plays, but studios, they do funky things. And so it takes nothing away from the fact that he actually just won. So it was, yes. it, I, I, but I knew it from the moment he said it. I was like, oh that's gonna be <laughs> fire um i guess we should pivot I mean, from it, the it, good it, news to the bad news should we do that yes yeah probably not. do that <laughs> we already unfortunately I mean. no i mean <laughs> <sighs> i mean we didn't we didn't bring you on to talk about the academy awards even though we could probably talk about that for the whole half hour um we brought you on to talk about this moment we're living through so i guess collectively we're calling it the racial reckoning I don't know who voted on that, but um, that's what we're calling it. Um, America's racial reckoning. I love that in the global pandemic, America was the one that had the race riot or the race, the racial reckoning and what some would call (laughs) race riots. Um, I just so I feel like it's just so on the nose. But this is a week where it's like when I do my notes in the morning and I'm like thinking of the buckets of topics for the day, I'm like police killings. And then it's like a list every day. Do you feel in this moment we're post George uh, Floyd um, piece of the story in the sense that there has been accountability in the trial of Derek Chauvin and there was a conviction, right? And then of all three mm-hmm. charges, which which feels important to you, but also that same day, we're like learning more names of other people who have been killed by the police that very almost to the, the minute of the verdict. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Can you just reflect on sort of this moment that we're in? I mean, it feels different than 2014. It feels different than 2016. It it feels different, but also I know that we've lived through moments that have felt significant, but yet we're still dealing with the same
2: problems. Mm. I mean, to me, it doesn't feel too much different than 2014 in that, you know, that's the year that we lost Tamir Rice. And I think a lot about... Video evidence and how that changes things, and I think the young woman who shot the footage is the one who we should be thanking today. Mm, And you know, first of all, for her courage—17 years old to be, you know, able to hold the camera steady when police are telling her probably not to do that—and and and to keep the the, keep our eyes fixated on what happened to Mr. Floyd. um, You know, she she is undoubtedly change the outcome of that case if, if there is no camera on george floyd's murder then you know Derek Chauvin quite likely is a min- minneapolis police officer today and
1: should you know, she win it, a pulitzer
2: it, it, Ooh. Should, I, should, Dar- um, should darnella I mean, frazier
1: win a pulitzer like the, the i mean the guy who took that kent state photo that iconic kent state photo won a pulitzer for that it, i know darnella frazier is not a Journalist by, I mean, there's no, you know, accreditation for it to begin with. But like, right, should, right. should she? Well,
2: that's a whole nother can. There's, worms there's right there. no more impactful uh, I mean, media this year. <laughs> no, no, I mean, certainly not. And yeah, I mean, if that, if that's, if that's certainly the qualification for it, then yes. But I'm less concerned about yeah. who wins awards or even who wins trials uh, at this point, then you know, how we measure progress and how that progress seems to come about. I mean, frankly, what concerns me the most in the wake of all of this is that it requires Black people to die for us to pay attention to what is going mm. on. And it consistently requires that. So it requires that you know, us to die, not, not simply to die, but to die in visual and spectacular ways. I mean, because if George Floyd had simply been murdered without camera footage, then what happens then? If Lieutenant Nazario doesn't set his phone up so that we can see him being costed at that gas station by those two police officers, what happens to them? What, I mean, what happens if we don't have footage of Laquan McDonald in Chicago? Mm. You know, that, these, are, these are the questions that, you know, Walter Scott, these are the questions that we should be asking ourselves rather than exulting in this moment of jubilation about the outcome of what, you know, otherwise should have been the most obvious thing in the world. I mean, of course he was convicted. Of course. I mean, we, it's not unprecedented. Yes. There haven't been a lot of police officers convicted for murdering black people, but you see the cop who murdered Walter Scott, capital murder Laquan McDonald there is there there is precedent for police officers being convicted of incidents that go just so far beyond the pale when we see them that they simply cannot avoid what too many people are calling justice I think that you know accountability is just the first step seeing accountability is should bring about some measure of relief, surely. But at the same time, we have to really take a a closer look at ourselves as a society and understand, like, why does it require Anthony Thompson to die in a school bathroom here in, you know, here in Tennessee uh, for us to start paying attention again? Why does it require Makia Bryant to die violently at the hands of a Columbus police officer? Um, Why does it require this for us to understand that the role of policing in our society is fundamentally flawed, just to be put, put it kindly. And mm-hmm. why does it require us to experience these moments of catharsis, to have these flashpoints um, you know, that we can name a bill after? Um, you know, why does it require that? Why aren't we making these kinds of changes? Why aren't we seeing the numbers, seeing the damage, seeing the broken families, seeing the people traumatized Uh, for generations and understanding that this is an institution that needs to either be eliminated or at the very least rethought.
0: Right. I mean, I I think about that all the time because I think about when the conversation automatically usually comes back around to like defund the police. Are you for that? And then I'm always like, wait, I want to take a step even further back. It's not about Mm
2: -hmm.
0: taking or giving funding. That's like not what we're talking. We're actually talking about like, what are the police for? So the police are for public safety. Like, that's what we've been told. That is not what Mm -hmm. they are doing by and large in the sense that, one, they're killing people. So they're a threat to public safety. Two, they don't really solve a lot of crimes out here right? They're, they're not, it's not law and order. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't solve the crimes. Uh, their mm-hmm. clearance rate or whatever uh, amount of crimes they actually do solve, very low, super low. So the, the idea that like, we can't rethink this policing thing because we won't be able to catch the rape. They're not catching the rapists. The rapists are not going to jail. They're not catching a lot of this, the crime that is actually occurring. Um, so the idea that we couldn't rethink it like that's not actually that radical a position. The idea that they should yes. send a social worker when somebody's having um, a mental breakdown—that makes sense to me. Why would you send someone with a gun? That feels like that wouldn't the gut, The presence of the gun is not going to make that person having the mental breakdown any calmer. I don't see it feel like entr- introducing a gun to that situation sounds like prudent tactics. That feels like a bad idea. That's going to lead to bad outcomes, which is what we see too frequently. So. Do you feel like, whenever somebody brings up defund the police or that piece of the conversation, um, we should take that extra step back and say, like, police yeah. used to be slave patrols. The evolution of slave patrols to now, uh, I would, I wish I could say it felt like a, the evolution was further away <laughs> from the for from what they were originally mm-hmm. with
2: doing hmm. Well, to me, I mean, fun, there are two things. I think fundamentally, yes, I agree with you, we need to be taking a step back, and uh, taking a step back and asking different questions. One is, do you need more black people to die in order to see what's going on? That would be one. Uh, you know, we are dying disproportionately at the hands of police. But also, as many are so eager to point out, police are killing white people too. Mm-hmm. So why aren't they in the streets? Why is that an acceptable outcome of this institution being in its current role in our society? Why are people willing to sacrifice other human beings for the sake of a feeling of safety? Not actual safety, but Mm a feeling of safety. And so
1: Oh, white people are so good at that, though. That's our whole shit is sacrificing other people's. Other people's safety for an illusion of our own. Like we are so good at that.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, and if, <laughs> and, and if, that, if that's if that's the case, then you know if, if there are people who are opposed to that, just just for the sake of argument, you know, posit that why aren't they proposing alternative solutions that are actually feasible? If you if you see this as a problem but you are against, quote unquote, defunding the police, taking funding uh, that is given in surplus to these police departments for them to buy equipment that they don't need and to train in tactics that inevitably make them um, antagonistic towards uh, the very neighborhoods and communities that they serve. If you're against that, then what's the solution? Because this is a problem. It's, an, it's, a, it's a clear and unmitigated Clear problem. How do you solve it? How do you address it? How do you mitigate it? That to me is the question to ask. And what you find out is that these people are not trying to mitigate it. They're Mm -hmm. fine with police behaving the way that they do, putting up blue line flags, as they did in Brooklyn Center after the shooting of Dante Wright, in front of the police department in a show of solidarity against what? Against the forces of change against the forces of accountability? Who are they you know, linking arms against? <laughs> the community that they serve, who demands that they don't kill young men for you know while serving warrants, who are you know, young men who are unarmed, young men who are just had an air freshener attached to his mirror, that he doesn't pay for his life because a cop says that she can't tell the difference between her taser and, a, and, a, and her pistol. And anyone who shot a gun, by the way, has the immediately, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, the, I, if you've shot a gun, I, and I have. A gun,
1: and I would not, yes, yeah, I, I don't understand how that mistake was made. It I'll was just, a I'll mistake. Say,
2: use your critical thinking skills. Yes. <laughs> um, just, I won't make yes. a confirmation one way or the other. I'm just saying, use your critical thinking skills, folks. Um, we were just talking about just, the
0: importance of critical I mean, thinking we were. in the last segment. <laughs> it's
2: good, because it's, it's, we we're facing a real dearth of it in America. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a larger topic. But, you know, certainly we've seen just with the Minnesota case with George Floyd. Just look at the Minnesota, original Minnesota police report about that incident and compare it to right. the result that we eventually got to in trial. I, you know, I don't need to quote it. People have Google. They can go look at it. go look at that report and see how different the police paints that event as opposed to what we saw in the video right? and, and, and what yeah. eventually became a criminal offense. I to to me, it, you know, it, it's an advertisement, especially for people in our business, not to trust the police.
0: That's what Don't I'm saying. Trust the police.
2: Yo, mm-hmm. I was just, just saying this last
0: week. I was like, Um, you know, and and in some ways I feel like liberated because I have spaces where I like Jess and I can say like, this is how we want to cover a thing, X thing. But I literally Mm -hmm. last week, Uh I think it was on Friday, I said, I would just like this to be a space where we don't take the police word as default true. Like we, 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 we default to skepticism at what the Mm -hmm. police say happened. And then they have to show We've us evidence. We've been lied to over and
1: over again. Exactly.
0: Why don't we, I mean we do that with every other institution? Presidents, Congress people, we don't take what they say at face value. We fact check that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should do that with police. We mm-hmm. should not reprint the press release from the law enforcement agency and think that that is anywhere near what actually transpired. Are we almost uh, out of time? We, I'm we... sorry, Hannah's going to yell. No, at no. Me. We are unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, oh, we are. Oh no, I'm so sad this was so good <laughs> i want to keep going i know <laughs> i know, I know. Well, I'll you'll just have to morning come morning back hopefully that I you have to come back and i think east. you're east coast time now too right so it's not going to be like central,
2: central, central time, time.
0: so a little bit better yes. <laughs> a little bit better that than yes. when you yes. were. All right, a little better okay good good excellent perfection
2: right. well thanks thanks for having me on and i appreciate the kind words about the new gig
0: Thank you so much for coming.
1: You can coming find on. Jamil Smith at Vox now, and I highly recommend that you do. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast.
0: Thanks for listening.